I want to teach you today, we're in this series, On Deck, and we kicked it off last week with Pastor John, an incredible word last week about stepping out of excuses and stepping into growth, and we highlighted, in this series, we're highlighting, you're going to love this, some systems, okay? I know everybody's excited when they come to church, and they're in a series on systems, you know? It's like, the only people excited right now are the engineers. It's like, there's, there's a few nerdy engineers in the house that are like, finally, my people, you know? This, this is it for me. But we're talking about some systems at church that we have to help you take your next step of faith. And on deck, anybody play baseball growing up? Any baseball players? A pastor played baseball. I, played, I was a great baseball player in the third grade. And... Uh, but really, I, I batted clean up and I played first base and I locked it down. And it was in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, okay? It's where I did third grade. Then summer of fourth grade, we moved to South Lake, Texas. And we moved in the summer, okay? And, and I started summer baseball in South Lake, Texas. And I made it through one season of summer baseball and I retired. I said, never again. And I became a theater kid that day. I, I, I never went back to sports. I was like, I can't. It is too hot. I'm not doing this. And, uh, uh, but, but in baseball, on deck, if you don't know this metaphor, the on deck circle is the place of preparation. All right, it's where you go right before you come up to bat. So in this series, what we're doing is preparing you for, for a next step that God might have you take. We're not pressuring you. We're not forcing you. We're just putting you on deck every week and telling you about some systems we have here at church that are designed to take you to the next level spiritually. Last week, we talked about 1132U. And 1132U, if you missed it last week, is our discipleship pathway here. All right, so if you want to go deeper, there's always these people in church. God bless you if you're this person in church. Genuinely, I, I love these people. But you're like, I want to go deeper. I need more. I want more of God. I'm so glad you're hungry. 1132U exists for you. It exists for you. If you haven't been through it, there, there's two levels right now. We're going to add new levels in season. It's going to be, we, just, we have a lot of things coming with this ministry. And make sure, if you're ready to go deeper in your faith, you're ready to have more of God, more of the Holy Spirit. You want to be a leader, not just a follower. 1132U is all for you. But we're not talking about 1132U this week. That was just free for our 1132U coordinators in the house today. I want to talk to you today about a system of community that we have in our church called groups. So before I do that, just know this. Systems make the world go round. So this is, we're getting spiritual today. We're also getting practical. And those things are related. You've know, you got to be able to minister in both of these. Some people, I met a lot of Christians. I'm just, I'm not, I, I, you know what, I'm going to call you out. Just, I'm just going to call it out. I'm going to call it out. All right? I've just met a lot of Christians who are really good at worship in church. And they can raise hands and they can raise their voice. But they're missing some really practical steps of their faith. And, and because they're missing the practical, their life's a mess. They come to church every Sunday. Like they're, they're, they're here, they're, they're raising hands, they're going after God, but they're missing the practical steps of what it takes to walk with God, not just on Sunday morning when the worship music's playing, but through the week. And we have some systems here that'll help you do that. I mean, I'm grateful for systems. I'm grateful that there's a system for indoor plumbing. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. I don't know why that was the one. I was writing this message, the first system I wrote down. I'm glad that when I flush, something happens. There's a system. Somebody came up with it. You know, they, they, there's pipes and there's water pressure. It's a lot of stuff, man. Uh, and I know nothing about that system, but, but it works. It works. I'm grateful there's a system for, for democracy. Like, I'm grateful we have a system in our country that allows us to freely choose our elected leaders. Thank God for democracy. Systems make the world go round. I'm grateful there's a system for getting your driver's license. It's terrible. It needs work. I've heard, is it, I've heard there's one special station, I think in Louisville, it's like, the, like don't go to McKinney, I've heard. I, I think don't go to the Secretary of State of McKinney, go to Louisville. Just a little free tip for you this morning. When you got to renew, I've heard it's better over there. But there's systems that make the world go around. So I want to teach you about our system for community today, okay? 
I, I believe this with all my heart, that God has created you to live in community. God is, I don't care, yeah, but, I, but you don't know my Myers-Briggs, Pastor. You, you were created to live in community. <laughs> you don't know my Enneagram. You were created to live in community. All right? And so, and Pastor Dustin's pretty introverted. We have a pastor there that loves to be alone. He loves to hunt, be alone. But, but Pastor Dustin knows this too. He was made for community. All right? Every single person in the room, whatever your personality profile, you were made for community. So I want to teach you for a few moments on this theme this morning, community creates. Community creates. I want to teach you this morning. Community creates. That's my message title. You can write it down if you're a note taker. And Community creates. You, you know, everything in the world was created through community. In the book of Genesis, if you've, if you've read it, you should read your word. You should know your word. The word will speak to you way more than I will. Get in your word. But in the book of Genesis, uh, all, all of, every time God creates something, it's in the plural. So I'm just getting a little deep real early here. But in the Hebrew, it's, it's the plural. So when you read the story of the creation of the world, it's we. It's we. It's, it's, it's not I. It's we. So literally, community in the triune God created everything that we see. And just like God did, if God did it, we do it. Community will create things in your life that nothing else can. Nothing else can. Uh, we say it like this. The greatest currency in the world is relationships. The greatest currency in the world is relationships. That sentence is so powerful because I didn't write it. Pastor Dustin did. I stole it. <laughs> I stole it from 1132U, okay? So if you heard that, you were like, that's good. 1132U. Sign up. There's, this is a whole workbook full of, of, of things like that that are going to help you deepen your faith. we got a system for that. But community creates. I want to give you three things that God is trying to bring into your world through community. But before I do that, i got to tell you a story about community in my life. Because uh, I, I'm an ambivert, so I live in the middle. I, I, I could be like, I, my favorite thing in the world is probably floating in my pool, reading a book. Like, just, I got a little blue floaty. I don't want anybody to talk to me. Just, I can, I can spend hours cut off from the world on my blue floaty with my Kindle and just, just reading. Right? So I love being introverted, but I also love people. I'm a pastor, you know. I love, I love people. I love being around people. I go both ways. So community has enriched my life. The best community I was ever a part of was in college. Uh, it was in college. It was the best community I was ever part of. I, my brothers. I went to a Christian university. I got saved there. They were my first kind of Christian relationships. We just had our fantasy football draft. This is our 13th season together as a fantasy football league. I was the league champion two years ago. Thank you very much. I got it. And, uh, and so I, I love those brothers. But when, I was in, when I was in college, we had this tradition called the Kingdom Run. And I went to a college called Wheaton College. It's in Chicago. And it's a Christian school. And the motto of the school is for Christ and his kingdom. And what you would do at, at the first snowfall of every year in Chicago in my dorm is the men of my dorm floor had a tradition called the kingdom run where we would get together, put our swim trunks on, okay, the first snowfall of every year, and we would run from Fisher Dormitory, which is where I was living, down to the For Christ and His Kingdom sign. The religious people are looking real uncomfortable right now. Okay, listen, <laughs> listen, we're, gonna, we're, get, we're about to get to the Word of God. I'm going to teach you the Word of God, but i got to set it up a little bit. So we, so we do a little run in our, in our swim trunks from, from the, the dorm to the sign, and they take a picture there, you run back. All right, now, I didn't map it out. I didn't know how long this run was. This is a two-mile run. I didn't know. It's a two-mile loop. I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know if you could tell. I don't run a lot. This, this is not, like, I don't like to run. I really like donuts, you know. It's, it's just, it's, I really, really like donuts. I really don't like to run. And so I was unprepared. Yeah, you too, brother. Come on, come on. I was unprepared for this assignment. I started to run from my dormitory here. And at the halfway mark, I saw them getting ready to take the picture. And I started trying to run faster down the hill. It was a big downhill. And, and right before I could get there, they all turned around and started running back up the hill. And I missed it. And, uh, and so if you can picture this, I'm sorry you have to, but if you can, I was completely alone at midnight in Chicago, powder on the ground, powder coming down in my swim trunks, clutching my body like this, 
just slowly walking back to my dorm because my community abandoned me and they left me behind. And I learned something that day that it was really fun when I was in community and it was really, really bad when I wasn't in community. And I just want you to know God created you for community. Everything in life comes together when you get in community, okay? Now, if you didn't like that story, here's the word of God, okay? Here's the word of God, all right? You can open up your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7, all right? I want to teach you this about how community creates. 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3 through 10. Now, there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate. A little context here. Uh, the nation of Israel is under siege by the, the armies of Syria. If you know what a siege is, it's where they, they trapped everyone inside of the city and no food was allowed in, no resources were allowed in. So the people of Israel are starving. It's really bad for the people of God. So bad, if you read your Bible, you'll read this, so I'm just going to tell it to you. So bad that mothers in Israel were eating their children. We're not teaching that in 1132 Kids today. It's not, it's, there's not a felt board of that story. It's, we're not, it's, Coach Andrew is not on YouTube right now, you know. I got a story for you kids today. Oh, we're not doing it, all right? But it, <laughs> If you, I hope I get to preach the next service. I hope. Um, if, if, if you haven't checked out our YouTube content for 1132 Kids, you got to check it out, really. It's incredible what, what Miss Amber is doing back there and Coach Andrew, you got to check it out. But um, so, so the people of Israel are in a desperate, desperate need, okay? But these lepers go to the gate and they say to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine's in the city and we're going to die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. And if they spare our lives, we'll live. But if they kill us, you know, we're just going to die anyway. So if we do this, we die. If we do that, we die. Why, why not go over there? In worst case, we die over there instead of dying over here. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. Watch this. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army. So they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. And they abandoned their camp. I, I just got to stop here because if you don't read your word, you don't know this. But God loved to do this in the Old Testament. This is how God delivered his people over and over again in the Old Testament. Not through their strength, but through his. And I was just, I just, just in the, I did one in my notes, but at the first service, I felt Holy Spirit speak this so clearly to me. That, that there are some enemies in your life that just like these enemies, that they're, they're completely imagined. Some of you are giving way too much credit to things that the devil is trying to sow into your life that is not even real. Like the fear, the anxiety, the depression that you keep giving the devil license to sow is just like this, not even real. And God in one moment, in one moment, delivered his people. In one moment, he delivered his people through this group. Let me show you how it happened, okay? Look at this. Verse 7, they fled away in the twilight. They abandoned their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent, and they ate, and they drank, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing, and they, they went and hid them. This is the greatest day of their lives. Then they came back, and they entered another tent, and they carried off things from it. I mean, you get the picture. They're, they're, they're looting, they're pillaging, they're going after it. It's like, this is incredible for them. But then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. And if we are silent and we wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they came and called to the gatekeepers of the city, and they told them, we came to the camp of the Syrians. But behold, there was no one there to be seen or heard there, nothing but the horses tied and the donkeys tied in the tents as they were. So this is an incredible story. And the headline of the story is the power of God to deliver his people. That's what the story's about. 
But, but a subheadline of the story is about how what God uses to deliver his people outside of his supernatural power is the natural power of community. It's the power of community, the power of being in the right circle, the power of having the right people around you. So I want to teach you just quickly three, three short points today, just real practical about what community can bring into your life. I believe that God created you for community. If you're a note taker, write this down. Community creates curiosity. Community creates curiosity. Let me show it to you in the text. 2 Kings 7, now verse 3. There were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate. They said to one another, watch this. They said to one another, community, why are we sitting here? Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is in the city, right? So, so there's a conversation that starts between these friends. And I would call this conversation a what-if conversation. And one of the things I'm most grateful for in my life are having some friends that I get to have what-if conversations with. I'll never forget, seven years ago, my best friend, Pastor Damian McCrink, and I were sitting at breakfast at Buttermilk Restaurant in Geneva, Illinois. And I remember having a what-if conversation with him. And I was just sharing my passion to reach people with the gospel and to reach the next generation and young people, especially with the gospel. And he said, what if you started a church? And I'd never thought about it before, but that one what-if moment led my wife and I on a journey that, that we started a church, and then we, we became a part of Church 1132. And now I, just, I, just, I was overwhelmed with the goodness of God this morning thinking about what this one what-if conversation brought into my life. Now I have the privilege of being a pastor at the church in America that I believe is doing a better job than almost anywhere else in the country at reaching young people. I mean, I'm just listen, listen, listen. We're not just a church of young people. We have all people here, but thank you to every person of every age that we're reaching the next generation like we're reaching people that other churches other churches reach out to pastor does he say how are you doing this we we can't get any young people to show up you're packed with young people and it was one what if conversation that I have with my friend Damien that led me to get to be a part of this to get to be a part of the calling of God on my life in this incredible house you need some people in your life to have what if conversations with what if your marriage didn't have to be that way like, what if you didn't have to stay where you're at in your marriage? What if it could be better? What if you didn't have to give up on the business? What, what if there was some kind of creative solution that you haven't seen yet? I want you to write this down, okay? Breakthrough comes through dialogue, not monologue. Breakthrough in life is usually not. Sometimes you have that thought in the shower, all right? If you're a creative genius, you know, it's like, it's like we have that picture in our culture that you just get delivered. That happens to me too, but you need some people around you to refine it. You need some people around you to take it from vision to reality. Breakthrough in your life is not going to happen predominantly through monologue, but through dialogue. What if? What if, God? Getting some people around you, they could say, what if? The Bible talks about it like this in Ecclesiastes. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm all alone? A blankie, but, you know, it's... It's the word of God. I trust it. It's an ancient culture. They didn't, they didn't have that. Like we, they didn't have Snuggies and stuff. All right. Verse 12. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. You need community. You need community to bring creativity into your life, to spark new ideas into your life. It's not just true in the spiritual. We see this in the business world. We see this in the secular world. I promise you, I love, I know our pastor does too. I, I love studying business leaders and secular leaders, uh, because you can, you can learn. I mean, the, all truth is God's truth. You can learn from people who don't have the Holy Spirit, and, and my heart goes out to them when they don't. But we see this in the world, that even in the world, people who don't know God benefit from the power of community. 
Because God created them for community. Let me teach you. Anybody, any iPhone people? You got an iPhone? Hold up your iPhone for me. Yeah, see some, okay, iPhone all over. If you had Android, kindly see yourself out, okay? It's <laughs> another church for you. But uh, you know how iPhone started? Let me show you a picture. This is Steve Jobs. You know him, and this is Steve Wozniak. You might not know a lot about him, but they were the co-founders of Apple. And I want to read to you from Steve Jobs' biography about the relationship that Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs had and about how it was the power of their community that created the curiosity that started the company that we now know as Apple. Read this with me, okay? By March 1st, 1976, Wozniak completed the basic design of the Apple I computer. He alone designed the hardware, circuit board designs, and operating system for the computer. So by himself, he came up with the idea, right? Wozniak originally offered the design to HP while working there, but he was denied by the company on five occasions. So Wozniak designs the computer, HP doesn't want it, and he's ready to give up until community. Watch this. Jobs then advised Wozniak to start a business of their own. What if? What if? It's a build and sell bare printed circuit boards of the Apple One. Wozniak, at first skeptical, was later convinced by Jobs that, look at this, even if, what if, even if they were not successful, they could at least say to their grandchildren that they had started their own company. Wow. Listen, I believe that in this room, there are some kingdom-shaking businesses. I believe there are some business ideas in this room. I saw a reaction. Some of you have a dream on your heart. You see a way to do something better. You see a way to bring something. You might be one conversation away with the right partner from bringing it. I believe that in this room, there are some ministries some ministries to expand the kingdom, to build in the local. You might be one conversation, one what-if conversation away from breakthrough there. I believe there are some parents, some moms, some dads who are struggling and drowning. I got two boys under five. I know all about this world. But you might be one what-if conversation away from breakthrough right in your family. Community creates Curiosity. You've got to get yourself around the right people in order to get to breakthrough. A couple more of these for you just quickly, and then I'll get real practical with you. Community doesn't just create curiosity. It creates joy. Community creates joy. Life is better together. It's just, it's, I'm going I'm to show it to you, but you know it. You know it in your spirit that this is true. I don't care how introverted you are. You, you know that there's like a power when you get to celebrate something with someone else. There's a multiplication power in that. Look at it in the, in the story. These lepers came to the edge of the camp. They went into a tent and they ate and drank. And they, and they, look at, they carried off silver and gold. And they went and hid them. And then they came back and entered another tent. So I want you to get a picture of this. They're going from tent to tent together. And I, I wasn't there, but can you imagine, like, the, you have to understand lepers were destitute. This is the world the lepers came from, okay? They were destitute. Uh, among the 61 defilements of ancient Jewish laws, leprosy was second only to a dead body in seriousness. A leper wasn't allowed to come within six feet of any other human, including his own family. OG social distancing. The, the disease <laughs> was considered so revolting that the leper wasn't permitted to come within 150 feet of anyone when the wind was blowing. Don't tell Dr. Fauci. It's, 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 it, it, this, was the old, this was the old system, right? It, it was you, you, if you were a leper, you were ostracized. You were ostracized. You were ostracized. And... Because I offended some people, I'll tell you this. The reason, watch this. I'm going to save it, Pastor. The reason, the reason that you were, the reason this rule was in place was actually because it was a good health practice. It was a good health practice. That's why God gave the rule to the people of Israel. It was a good health practice for the people of Israel to keep distance from lepers. So, both sides, okay? But I bring this up to you. 
about the lepers because I want you to understand this moment in their lives and, and just how much joy must have flooded their lives. They've been ostracized. They have, no, they have no earthly wealth. They have no earthly relationships. And then in this one moment, they go from beggars to as rich as kings and queens. And it's a beautiful picture of the gospel in the Old Testament. You go from beggars to kings and queens to sons and daughters of royalty, not by anything they did, but by something that God did for them. It's like Jesus in the Old Testament is good stuff. And, and they do it together. I mean, can you picture it? Like together, they're going from tent to tent. Yo, John, I found more gold. There's more gold in here. Yo, yo, Paul, Peter. I'm giving them Bible names. I don't know why. Peter, you got to taste this wine. I've never had something like this. It's, it's so much better because they were together. I have a prop. I'm going to bring my prop out. It comes with a Vanna White illustrator. So thank you. Can we put our hands together? Put our hands together for my brother. It's one of our first-year college students, and uh, I'm excited to see how God's going to move in your life through our college program. So uh, it's going to be awesome. But this is, uh, this is probably the greatest achievement of my life right here. This is a certificate from the PGA of America, Pastor Steve. This is a certificate from the PGA of America certifying my hole-in-one. Yeah, my hole-in-one. On July 10th, 2013, okay, for the golfers, this was a 173-yard par, three, par three over water. Okay, just, just saying. Hey, if you golf, I'm addicted again right now. And so I would love for you to DM me on Instagram if you golf and let me know, because I, I, I wanna play, I need some people to play with. But uh, you know, let me tell you what made this really, really fun. I wasn't alone when I hit it. I was with one of my best friends, Matt Jones, and we were on the golf course together, and I hit the shot and I watched it, and I thought to myself, that was a good shot. And then I watched Matt Jones progressively lose his mind as he realized what was happening. He ran up to the hole, he looked, he looked in the hole, it's in the hole! I mean, he, he's just going, my buddy Matt Jones, he goes, I've been golfing my whole life. I've, I've never seen, I've never seen somebody even get close. My dad has been, my dad's never seen one of these. Grant, you have, I mean, he just took it to the next level. And I promise you, my memory of that moment is so much better because I had some people with me to experience it with. Community creates joy. Thank you, brother. Some of y'all need more joy in your life right now. That's why, that's why I tell a lot of jokes when I preach, because spiritual, the world needs it right now, man. We need, we, we need to learn to have joy again. We need to learn to laugh again, be together again. Happiness is only real when shared. Happiness is only real when shared. There's, there's power in community. I want you to write this last point down. Community creates um, inspiration, ideas. Community creates curiosity was the first point. Community creates curiosity. Community creates joy. Write this down. Community creates integrity. This might be the most important of the three points. Community creates integrity. Let me show it to you in the text, okay? I want to be a person of integrity. What is integrity? Integrity is getting to the end of your life and hearing these words from Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Integrity is being an integrated person. Same person that you are in church, that you are in your business, that you are in your family. Integrity is being a person of character. It is the spiritual gift of integrity and character is perhaps the most powerful thing that will speak to our world right now. Our leaders do not have it right now. Our influencers do not have it right now. And if the church of Jesus Christ, I just believe, will rediscover just integrity, character, living in the way that God has instructed us to leave, we're going to reach the world together. Let me show you how these lepers had integrity. They said to one another, we're not doing right. So they were looting and pillaging. And then they said, we are not doing right, integrity. This day is a good day of good news. If we are silent and wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. So they were looting from tent to tent. And they remembered everyone that was starving in the city. 
And through a conversation together, they said, we are not doing right. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that your heart is deceitful and wicked above all else. Prophet Jeremiah, get mad at him. Cancel him, okay? Your heart is deceitful and wicked above all else. So let me just tell you something. You should not be in the business of trying to correct your own heart. Would you do heart surgery on yourself? It's just powerful when I think about this. If I need surgery, I'm not, I'm not picking up a scalpel. I'm inviting someone else in to do surgery. Listen, you've got some things in your life that the Holy Spirit needs to do surgery on. And he's going to do that surgery through community. This one's really personal to me because I, I've just been, I'm such a better person, not perfect, but better. So much more integrity in my life because of the people around me. I remember a while ago, my wife and I, Kaylee, we were having a fight. I know you can't believe that because I'm a pastor, but I'm married too. And... Uh, <laughs> She's amazing. I'd say the fights are probably 98% on me, you know, probably a lot like this. I don't know. You know, it's just, it's usually if there's conflict, it's, it's coming from me. And, uh, and so we were having some conflict, but I will, I will say she's not here to defend herself, but I will tell you in this case, she was, she was wrong. It was, it was, it's just this one, Pastor Steve. It's just this one. It's just this one. All right. And, uh, and I was so upset level with you. I was so upset that uh, it was, we were fighting in the car, and uh, I dropped her off at the house, and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going. She said, where are you going? I said, I don't know, but I'm, I'm not coming in. I didn't really have a plan. You know? so I, 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 what I wanted to do, I'll just tell you, in my flesh, I wanted to go get a hotel room. In my flesh. I wanted to punish her for how she was making me feel. And in my flesh, I was committed to saying, I'm going to punish her. I'm going I'm to break her down, and she's going to know the pain that I'm feeling right now because of what she did to me. I saw flesh, okay? It's not for us, not just so you know, like you're feeling that way. It's not from the Spirit of God ever. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. So I started to drive, and I'm thankful for community because I picked up my phone and I called one of my best friends named Josh. And I explained to him what was going on. And I said, Josh, do you ever not like your wife? <laughs> like, I love her, but like, I really don't like her right now. And I told him the argument. And I was very self-righteous. I know you can't believe it. I was, I was like, I was talking to one of my boys, you know. It's like, listen, it was just, I, I was ready for a little bash on the wife session, okay. You know, it's like, she, she did wrong. It's on her. She doesn't understand me, Pastor Steve. She doesn't, she doesn't get me, you know. Like, why doesn't she understand this? Josh, listen patiently. And then I said, what do you think I should do? And he said, you need to man up. You need to suck it up. You need to go home. You need to lead your family. I said, you're a terrible friend, and I hung up on him. <laughs> so I drove home, and, and we made peace, because the Bible says to not let the sun set on your anger, and you can build that in your marriage. It'll bless your marriage. We made peace. We had to fight for it, and I was just thinking this week, preparing this message, about how different my life might be if I had called someone else. I was, just, I, was, I was imagining this. If I had a different community... And I called my friend and I explained all that. And he said, why don't you meet me at the bar? You can probably meet somebody else tonight. Called a different friend and he said, bro, she doesn't sound like she's worth it. Why don't you come over tonight? We'll party. You can forget all about it. I'm just saying, like, like, like that, that's the community that some of you are in right now. That's okay. There's no judgment, but there's help. There's no judgment, but there's help. We want to help you get in a better community because you need some men and some women around you who are going to call you higher. They're going, to, they're going to call out of you what God has put in you. You're not going to get there on your own. You're not going to get there alone. Community creates integrity. So now I'm going to get real practical and we're going to close, okay? This is our website to join a group. I know that's a hard transition after the spiritual part. But I'm really tired of church people. I've been a pastor for a long time. I'm tired of church people 
saying, I just don't know how to get connected. I know this is a big church, this is a big room, and it's easy to be that person. I just, nobody, nobody cares about me here. I'm just a number. I don't know how to get connected. So I'm going to show you, okay? So that you will have no excuse going forward. Because I believe I've baited the hook today, and you're ready to get in community. I just believe, I've been praying all week, that you're ready to get in community. Let me show you how to do it. We revamped our groups to make it easier than ever before. If you want to grow spiritually, click that button on the website and sign up for 1132U. Okay? It's 1132U is our discipleship pathway. You're ready to grow spiritually? Click that button. If you need some friends, if you need some people around you that are going to call you to all those things I just taught you, you click this button. Look what happens when you click this button. I, we, we made it. Shout out our media team. Shout out our design team. They, they do so much behind the scenes. Can you clap for them right now? They do so much behind the scenes. I see them on the cameras right now, on the computers right now. Shannon is on the computer right now. She designed this part of the website. Whatever campus you're at, we have a group for you. Four categories. Ready? Men, women, couples, and young adults. Okay? If you're a dude at Allen Campus, we have a group for you. If you're a lady at Wiley Campus, we have a group for you. If you're a person with a person at Prosper Campus, we have a group for you. All right? If you're a young adult, every single campus has men's, women's, young adult, and um, those groups, and couples groups. Thank you, Pastor. Couples groups. Every single campus, we've got these available to you. And so today on your way out, you're going to get handed a little card, and it's got a QR code on it. All right? This guy, David's so confused right now. He's like, I thought I came up here to set a spiritual tone, and he's talking about QR codes. He's like, do I play right now? You can just keep playing. But you're going to get a QR code on your way out. And when you scan that QR code, it's going to take you. And here's what I'm believing for. Here's what I'm praying for. I'm believing. I'm going to tell you the truth. We don't have enough groups for all you guys. We got 53 groups this season. Let's say 10 adults in each one of those groups. It's 530 adults. It's about half of the adults that go to our church right now. So I'm believing and praying that we're going to get serious as a church about getting in community And as the person that's been designing this, I'm going to have to be working the phones all week long and begging people to lead a community group because you guys are so excited to see what God is going to do through your life as you begin to walk in community with other people. We have amazing group leaders. We have amazing group leaders. And they're they're ready to pour into you. So, man, make sure you sign up for a group on your way out the door today throughout this week. Groups are open. All the groups are kicking off next week. You can start fresh with a new group. Would you stand to your feet? I just want to close with this. We got practical. Let me, let me just close with the spiritual. Do you guys know that our God is a God of community? It's the most powerful truth, I think, in Christianity. We're the only religion in the world that does not just believe in one God, but three gods in one. It's called the Trinity. And, and I have a minute, 30 seconds. I can't teach you the whole Trinity right now, but I can tell you this about the Trinity. God is a God of community, and you are never more like God than when you are in community. Because it's who he is. And when you align your life with who God is, blessing breaks out in your life. Favor breaks out in your life. So if God is a God of community, I want to be in community. And I was just thinking about these things that community brings into our lives. That community creates curiosity. Do you know that the Bible says there was a plan for salvation? I was thinking about this. And it involved the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I would have loved to be a fly on the wall when the Father said to the Son, hey, I got an idea. I think there's a way that we can save our people through their sins. And I would have loved to be there when he pitched it to Jesus. And the son said, I'm in. And the Holy Spirit said, I'll go with you. I'll give you the strength. Community creates curiosity, even in the Trinity. Even in the Trinity, community creates joy. Did you know that the Bible says, for the joy set before him, Jesus went to the cross? Did you know that the Bible says that when one sinner repents, like happened at the 830, a young man right there gave his life to Jesus, that when one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. 
There's joy in community. And the Bible says it was for the joy of celebrating with his father and celebrating with the angels, Jesus went to the cross. There's one more. There's integrity in community. And you know that there was a moment in his life where Jesus was tested in his integrity. And he thought about forsaking his mission. And in the garden of Gethsemane, he cried out to God. And he said, Father, is there any other way? He said, God, is there, is there some other plan than the cross? God, is there anything that we can do? And in that moment where he was thinking and praying about maybe forsaking his mission, he was strengthened, the Bible says, by a host of angels that surrounded him. He was strengthened, the Bible says, by a father who spoke to him. You will never be more like God than when you root your life in community. So can we raise our voices to the triune God?